And a new Nasdaq record, the end of social security by government and tariffs imposed by Trump, Tillerson replaced by a spook, artificial intelligence, when you need your offshore structure and when you don't need an offshore structure, 6 basic rules why big government is bad for society and a great interview with Thomas about why you should not be awkward, you should be excellent and accelerating. So check it out, hofprofit.com slash podcast. And I would say an extremely warm welcome, I'm so happy you're aboard, it's so great to have you on this lovely show, I'm honored to have you as my guest. And as we all know, the Nasdaq reached a new all-time high, so for those who are investing in the Nasdaq, you can say it's great. And I'm just wondering, how many of my lovely listeners are investing in the Nasdaq and how many of my lovely listeners will realize that it's just temporary and it will end sooner or later, so... Tell me what you think. I mean, I look forward to hearing back from you on this one. The interesting part for me with the Nasdaq is that it's basically just borrowed money. It's investment money that's been put towards it only because of the fact that the central banks are printing unlimited money. And also that there is now some chat about ending the quantitative easing programs. I'm not sure about it. And there is an easier reason for it. The American government can find, cannot finance itself at a normal market rate. It is in a worse financial condition than Greece before its uh, bankruptcy. And on the other side, this is not uh, the defaulting government is not in the interest of President Trump. So on that side, it's really interesting to see what's happening. Because we will get record after record. And I will keep saying and keep pushing you to prepare yourself. Put money aside. Put gold aside. And go, go for double citizenship. And be ready to when the hell breaks out. To protect yourself and those that you care about. Because then you can survive. And you can prosper. And if not, then not. And that's so important in those times. Because let's face the fact. The government talks about that you can trust on them. And a lot of people make the terrible mistake. By trusting on the government. And that's a really a big concern for me. Because let's face the fact. The government makes rules. They change rules. And to give you an example. In the Netherlands. They had... They have benefits for the elderly. And they change them because too many people are getting old. So they change the rules. And it's really interesting to see what they are doing. Because so it's a bit like a uh, life insurance company who says, Yeah, well, you know, you paid your whole life, you paid contribution to it, but we decided not to honor the contract and to keep the money. Cheers from the Bahamas. All the listeners love to making some money. But you will have to pay tax upon your money. But that's to change. You can save on your tax. Pay no tax. Completely legal. Start earning more money so you can take care for your beloved ones. So you can travel visa free. Get yourself the tax free passport. Get yourself the starting point to a tax free lifestyle. A lifestyle which is an ultimate freedom. Hofprofit.com slash passport. I say Hofprofit.com slash passport. Once again, I'm going to chat with you about the tariffs President Trump imposed on steel and aluminium. A lot of people say that is great news, and as you might expect from me, I'm really supporting ultimate free trade. And that means that I'm not really supportive of those tariffs. Next to the fact that it's hurting people, then there is something that you need to realize. Uh, as I said yes, yesterday, I already talked with, you, talked with you about the history of tariffs. And... What you saw when income tax was being imposed in the United States, the, it was being used to, to get money from the really wealthy. 
the 1% was paying. You have to make a few million a year to pay income tax. And then you paid only a really small amount. So that is really interesting to see. And workers were supporting uh, the income tax and against the tariffs. All through that the tariffs were intended to support, to protect jobs. They realized something really easy. All those tariffs just made their consumer products that they want to buy more expensive. It was protective. It was really protecting manufacturing, which was just killing innovation, killing jobs, killing prosperous growth. Because companies, which you see, and you will see the same thing now with uh, with uh, aluminium and steel. Companies can not buy, import the uh, products, that, the goods that they need, the steel, the aluminium for their products. So that's more expensive. At the same time, the final consumer products are not getting more expensive. So if you look, for example, to make an all the trade war which is at this moment going on, you have that between the European Union and China. I got myself a new laptop. I got myself a new smartphone. All great, all lovely. And it's cost me less than a laptop with the same things in the Netherlands. The, the similar laptop would cost in the Netherlands just over 1000 bucks and I am paying less than 800 for the complete package including shipment and it are two shipments and they are a present to myself. And this is really important to avoid any import tax duties. Having that said, I really, I, I just, uh, having that said, it's just that you need to realize it's not a great move for all of us to want this protectionism. Because it's killing jobs. It's not. It's the people that it should protect and help. Is it not? It's hurting them. So what will happen is that when you also that it's slowly on hurting everyone, they are getting out and moving slowly and stable towards more people on social welfare. And this is a really big problem because all those people on social welfare. Who are they going to buy paid for? Who is going to finance the big government, the big healthcare, the big social welfare state, which is unfundable? There, if you look at the pension liabilities who are unfunded, it's tremendous. I mean, asking all those questions, and we should ask them because the government and the, and the pension funds and the companies who are contributing to the pensions should simply put a solution in, and they are not. And this is really terrible. So. I'm just wondering what's happening and how it will happen and if it collapses, how to prosper from it. And you know, pretty much that I re really think that it's going to collapse. You know, uh, earlier I talked with you about how to prosper, so I really think that you need to protect, your, pre prepare yourself and protect yourself. And it's just uh, for me looking at what's happening and they really. I mean, I think it's really sad because all through that the policy was with the best launch, with the extremely best intention. There was no hurt, terrible feeling from the president in it. The final result is that it will kill jobs. And just think about this. The new Google, Amazon, Facebook, eBay, Twitter. You can talk about all those hot shoot, Foursquare, the Swan app, all those companies. You can talk about them. But they are from the United States. They were launched in the United States. They were set up in the United States. So there was a tremendous innovative power to disrupt the world. Literally. I mean, cities complain about Airbnb. Because it allows people to rent out their room. Hey, this is great. I mean, it is just another way to say a small company, which is basically nothing more than an app, which collects a percentage of the revenue it takes. So basically, it's just an affiliate business. You give them money if they make you money. And they are disrupting the world. Cities are spending millions a year on city branding. 
and Airbnb does it for free. I mean, and what you what the, basically what the American steel workers will need is new factories and new steel innovations like this. Like what they will need is, for example, the Foxton factory, and you see all those Asian companies uh, that are now moving towards the United States, and that's what they need. That's all. And this is also why I keep saying Trump's gonna get re-elected. The only thing that Trump needs to deliver at this moment is a wall, or start, or start finishing the wall that Bush, Obama and Clinton already were building. And jobs, and that's all. He already delivered the tax reform, so... it's And the tax reform, it's a great starting point. But what they should have done is lower spending, lower government revenue, and really reduce the size of government. Unfortunately, they are not doing this, and well, that means that the American default is only getting closer. The Brexit is here. Article 50 is triggered. The talks are going on. Unprecedented change will happen. We know this. We know things for certain. The Brexit is a profit maker. At least if you are open for making some money, get yourself the profitable Brexit report. It explains how the Brexit could happen, the economic fundamentals, finally also a few great methods to make some money on the Brexit. So are you a profit maker? Are you someone that's open-minded when it comes to making profits? Check hofprofit.com slash Brexit. Rex Tillerson is replaced, and this is going to be interesting because one of the uh, President Trump keeps moving on and reshuffling the puppets in this cabinet and his administration. But I am just thinking, uh, with all those people moving and going, and now he gets someone in who was trained to lie, who was trained to manipulate, who was trained to cheat, because that's basically the spook business. I mean, don't get me wrong. The, basically, the business of a spook is get people so far to betray their country, get people to steal uh, military and economic data, and that's all what their business is. And they can do it by torture, they can do it by killing, and they can do it by bribery. I mean, there was at the Dutch Ministry of Economic Affairs, there was a really high-placed uh, civil servant, and he was spying for the Russians. For money! And, uh, yeah, well, that's really nice. So, to give you a clue, I mean... No, no, but now you get the question, I'm just wondering, is the replacement of Tillerson, is that guy speaking the truth? Will he be the guy capable of putting the Trump agenda forward? And what I consider interesting, if you look at the Trump agenda, on all the issues, the tables are turned. America no longer has an initiative. So if you look at North Korea, the North Korean government, uh, the United States, they say, and the United States is popping in. Then the North Korean leader says, yeah, well, all those things, yeah, I know. So we're gonna... It's okay that you're gonna hold a military exercise. Just, uh, that's okay. And, oh yeah, you don't want us to launch rockets, rockets and you don't want us to launch atomic bombs. Yeah, okay, that's also fine. We're not gonna do the, all those things. We are gonna take it easy. So, it could be, and I'm extremely sure that the sanctions are hurting the country. But, if I look at it... I'm, I'm just thinking that we will get a uh, play again, once again the play which was there in China where President Trump came and he was treated as the President of the United States and he left without uh, getting anything done. And don't get me wrong, that's not Trump who achieved nothing in China. You had Obama who was proposing to Xi Jinping the idea that China would rule, would be the dominant part in Africa 
Asia and Eastern Europe. And the United States would grab the American continent and Western Europe. And the Chinese government says, yeah, nicely, but no thanks. We think we can do it alone. Cheers. So the end of the American dominance is here. And well, the basic question is just how to move on it. Social media is here. S Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter, Weibo, Blogging, LinkedIn, Swan, Google+. But how to use them in your advantage? Get yourself the social media export course. It's the smart point to use all social media in your advantage without burning all your time. Hofprofit.com slash SMM. I say Hofprofit.com slash SMM. Artificial intelligence is driving everything forward and there are a lot of interesting questions that we need to ask ourselves. And to name you one for example, and this is with self-driving cars. Let's say that there's a car and behind it is a truck full of gasoline and the front of the car is a kid. So the car can drive on, drive over the kid and kill the kid. Mommy really sad, daddy really sad, people really sad. Or it can could break. Get an accident with a truck full of gasoline. And now what are you going to program the car to do? And this is the interesting question. And what is, what, and people say, from, well, that's not that a big, big thing. You had in the past that a Jeep was programmed to drive into off the road and crash. And they, they fixed that bug. But and this is something that you need to realize. There are, at this moment, in, in more and more cars are more lines of computer code than there were in the Apollo rockets. So the car on the road is smarter than a rocket that you shoot to, that you use to, shoot, to fly people to the moon and bring them back safely. And this is interesting. The people that you want to this is something that the Western world even can't do anymore. I mean, if you need to want to get uh, astronauts and guys to work in space, then we have to call the Russian government and say, "Hey, Russian government, you have something a relative old rocket which is not being really innovated." Please do it for us, because we have really new things and we can't do it anymore. So it's really sad. Um, and this side, it is a, one implication of the global tensions that this. So, and what you need to think is, what are we going to program? I mean, and who is going to control the programming? The government? The insurance companies? Just imagine that it's going to be the insurance company. And actually, I'm not really against it, the fact that the insurance companies are going to check this. Because when insurance companies are checking and verifying this, then you have people with common sense. If you have people in the government, well, do you trust the government? I mean, let's face the fact, it will make the government bigger, it will make the government stronger. And just to name a few things that are more likely to happen with a really extremely sensitive and strong government, which I think that you should fear about. First of all, there is more corruption. No one is really interested in bribing a government employee in a country where he has nothing to say and the government is weak and could be overthrown every day. I mean, why bribe anyone at all? Then simply keep your money and look out. It makes sense to bribe someone like that guy from the Dutch Ministry of Economic Affairs when the government is strong, when you can have data from it. Or, you know, it makes some sense to get what they have. Well, that's so on that side, that's really something that freaks out. The stronger the government, the more sensible corruption is. Then we have to look at 
the 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 big government and reduce in liberty. I mean, and then I don't mean to a totalitarian regime like you had with Stalin, with Joseph Stalin or Adolf Hitler. Not those type of regimes, but also look about higher taxes. I mean, a big government needs a lot of money, a lot of money, a lot of money that you cannot spend on travel, nice cars, or moving on with great things. Now, what you need to have is that flexibility. Then we, if you then look at those big government programs, especially in a social welfare state, they mean a lot of waste of money. And those wastes of money, are then they're going to try to stop. But government co employees, and there are really nice government employees, don't get me wrong, but they are unable to think about creative out-of-the-box solutions. That's something that they can't do. That's how easy it is. And they are thinking and regulation and red tape and what I always say what you should do is reduce the red tape and reduce the spending and simply say always do it by steps of 21. And then you get, and this is something that's completely common sense, when the government gets bigger, grabs more portion of the money in the state, the people who have, pay, have to pay for it are smaller and smaller. I mean, in the Netherlands already, over half of the people is on some form of government money. There could be benefits, could be social welfare, could be whatever you say. It is salaries, subsidies, it's just not really smart. And if you look, for example, at when then things go wrong, then the whistleblowers are always a problem. And I have a secret for you. If you're a whistleblower in the Netherlands, shut up, don't do it. It's better for your healthcare, it's better for your financial future, and it's better for your life. Simply shut up and move forward and leave it. And then, the, all the debts and the spending of the government, is, you will hit a tipping point. And after that tipping point, you are the government is unable to increase taxes because higher taxes have no common sense uses. I mean, if people are spending all their money anyway on government taxes and things, then it has no issue to increase tax. Then you can not tax anymore and you get lots happening in Venezuela where you're standing in line and the military shoots for some food and the military shoots you dead or that you don't have a clue how to feed your kids so you give them to a church or a company and this is in my opinion as a final thing really the terrible thing about a big government and that's that a big government makes people dependent if government and bureaucrats kills a creativity it kills freedom it kills the wish of people to move on, it kills the wish to rock the world. It's a bit like in that Apple commercial, think different. What people should think about, uh, I mean, they are the com and the commercial is completely true. And you know it, it's from the 1990s. And you see all those people who pushed the human race forward, who moved beyond. And what I always say, what I like about this, is what they say, from, you can glorify them, you can vilify them. But it's only one thing you can't know, you cannot do that. You cannot do, and that's ignore them, because the people who are crazy enough to think that they can change the world are the ones who do. So with this, and I always say, why not? I mean, just make a plan, make a list of 21 steps to get to where you want, if I want to go, and move on to the next thing, and do that also with 21. And in a society with a big government like North Korea, like Cuba, this is not gonna happen. And you should simply ask yourself. Do you want a government employee 
who tell you that you're allowed to eat today no fish, no meat, only vegetables, because they decided to have really terrible economic policy, and that really terrible economic policy is otherwise not gonna work. I mean, this is basically what at this moment what they are saying about the Paris Climate Agreement. So, and for that it's just insane, and we have so much things to be afraid of at this moment, that I just don't have the bloody idea where to begin. It's time for us all to simply see it, start step by step reducing it. So, for example, have a look. Do you need, an, uh, if you have your own company, does it make sense for you to have your money structured outside the, the eyes and the hands of greedy tax of officials? I mean, this could be a case, and no, I don't say that anyone needs one, but it could be really handy, especially if you're smart and you want to spread your money above the uh, on a global scale. And what you need to realize, the people who are extremely prosperous over generations and centuries are global. They think global, they act local. But the local acting could be on 50 places at the same time, and that's no issue for them. So... Think about this, and let me know what you think about it, because I look forward hearing back from you. And uh, you can send me a tweet, you can leave a comment below on SoundCloud and all the of obvious ways, or simply check out hofprofit.com/contact. Social media is here: S Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter, Weibo, blogging, LinkedIn, Swan, Google Plus. But how to use them in your advantage? Get yourself the social media export course. It's the smart point to use all social media in your advantage without burning all your time. Hofprofit.com slash SMM. I say Hofprofit.com slash SMM. I'm going to have a look at why being average and be ordinary is not good enough, at least not for the people who are like you and you took it to listen already to this far in this podcast so i'm pretty sure that you've agreed with me that you want to change things you want to you want to be in control and you consider your own life as your own responsibility and that makes total sense so on that side i interviewed thomas he is a, it was a really great chat I'm extremely happy and honored that he is on it. If you want to know more about him, check it out, hofprofit.com slash podcast, because I will put everything in the show note pages. And we talked about achieving, achieving things and why you should be exceptional. Why you should and you need to push things forward. You... We talked about those things, you'll learn some things about me that otherwise you didn't know, and more of those things. So I would simply say, let me know what you think about it, because here's the interview. Hello? I'm not sure if you said something, because it it went silent for more. I'm still here, yeah. Uh, I just said, okay, Uh, Thomas, thank you for being on the show. Uh, thanks for having me. You uh, honor on my side. You have a life coaching or co- bis- of coaching business with a slogan "Orc is not good enough. Go for excellent, good or perfect." How did you come up with this? Well, first of all, I would say uh, <laughs> just to just to um, <laughs> make a little little kind of adjustment to it. Yeah, the, the slogan is "Okay, it's mm-hmm. not enough." And um, mm-hmm. how I came up with that because. It really is somewhat a storm of life. Um, 
where I found myself in the in Ocone, where which is easy to get stuck in. And in fact, I'm actually writing a book about it. And I think, you know, the, the really the okay and the, the average, the mediocre is the is the new enemy of success. And because it's so mm-hmm. seductive, so tempting, um, and I call it the zone of tolerable discomforts, because mm-hmm. that's the zone where we, uh, you know, life is not the way we want it. It's not great. It's, it kind of sucks, but it doesn't suck enough for us to do something about it. And um, throughout, you know, me coaching now for years and being person development and growing my network, I've um, realized that anyone who is successful in some way, whatever that means to them, you may be a professional athlete, you may be a millionaire, you may be the world-class singer or performer of any kind, um, Mm -hmm. in in that domain where they want to be excellent, um, the, the okay doesn't exist they never settle for okay and um the more i the more i coach people and i've worked with hundreds of people now um i really am realizing that um okay being okay it's really the the pain of their life in my coaching business i don't necessarily do um you know it's not therapy therapeutic coaching i don't do 10 round cases where people come to me and their life is in pieces and we try to kind of get them about the water um i work with people who mm-hmm. um, they're okay their, their life is fine there's no maybe not necessarily any kind of pain or life is terrible and you know just it's just falling into pieces but pain of their life it's just okay it's average and they know deep inside they know mm-hmm. they can do so much better they got so much more potential they don't necessarily know how to approach it, you know, how to go about it. Uh, maybe they just need, you know, swift kick, kick up the ass. Uh, they need accountability. They need push. They need some cheerleading. And so um, this is this is what you do. And, and uh, so how it came about is that I recognized that, um, uh, you know, the people who are okay and want so much more in life, these are the people I work with, and this is actually this is me mm-hmm. myself, where I found myself many times in my life being okay, and realizing, hold on, I can do so much better than this. Mm-hmm. So it's just about avoiding the mediocre, the average, and going for the excellent, perfect. Exactly, exactly. Being you know perfect. Well, perfect is is a tricky word. There's no such thing as perfection, but um, just being. Being the best you can be, and um, you just working on yourself or on your life, so that the area that you really care about, you can't be excellent at everything. But the areas of your life that are the most important to you, whether it's wealth, health, relationships, you name it, that you 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 just filled and accomplished, and you feel successful in the area. That's that's what I'm all about. Sounds like an honorable and great task, helping people to go to accelerate and avoid the mediocre, the average things. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, what if you look at the life cycle, what are, in your opinion, the two biggest segments that keep people on the average? Ooh, very good question. So, thanks. <laughs> what are the two main areas that keep people? stuck in average so it's it's um in in themselves it's probably their mindset i'm literally just before Mm -hmm. we go on the podcast 
um, I was writing a chapter in my book, which is about the mindset. And I think to, to really narrow it down is just the, the, having the growth mindset, having mm-hmm. um, the, the open minds to the, that you can get better. And even if you, uh, sometimes people have it, you know, they work on themselves and get better, but having open mind that, that you know, amazing things are possible, things you never thought would happen to you in a, in a good way, uh, things you could accomplish that are, are possible if you really commit to it. And so I guess the other area would be commitment. There are so many people who want to be better, who want to be successful, who want to be rich, and, you know, whatever that might be, but they're just not committed. All they want is they wish for that. And all they want is they want it, but they're not committed enough to to give it what it takes you know and being accept being wealthy i can tell you something one of my clients is a billionaire and mm-hmm. this guy is working his ass off the, the good thing is that he loves what he's doing and he has a very good life you know he can pamper himself in all kinds of ways but he gets up at 6 30 in the morning he hits the gym uh, with personal trainer and and he's not in his 20s let me let me tell you this he hits the gym he walks to his office which takes around 40 minutes every day there and every every day back because he wants to get in better shape he's in there he you know he's working he just goes for a quick lunch and he's super committed and he has been for the last 20 or 30 years um, and hence he has the success that he has so I would say you know, mindset is super important and commitment. Mm-hmm. So the mindset. So basically the people who are, uh, keep stuck and don't get hired or remain average is just their mind, literally. It's that little voice that keeps them down. Yeah, well, it's, it's, not, it's not just that, but you asked me for the <laughs> two top things. So yeah, I would no. say these are the things that really I can see are the most frequently um, kind of uh, holding people back and there's so many more you know your environment your, your network is so important if you surround yourself with losers or people who don't want to you know accomplish something and people who are okay with okay or being average and mediocre it will be they will pull you down they will hold you back because we mm-hmm. naturally want to we want to fit in in our community because it's a um, evolutionary adaptation um, and so if your community is consist of of people who are uninspiring not motivated not driven they will be holding you back guaranteed so next to your mindset you also always need to improve your network and the people you're hanging out with to accelerate yourself and put yourself forward absolutely absolutely sounds like something everyone can do i mean you see a lot of people that you see are speaking are always complaining and well, that's it. Yeah, and I love what yeah. you just said. That's something that everyone can do. Absolutely, your mind is like a like a play-doh. You can do with it almost whatever you want. The mind is so powerful, and it's yeah. so um, fluid because it, it really consists in our level. Kind of our thinking is mostly based on our values and beliefs, and you can change all that. It all can be transformed through coaching and seeing better perspective and more more. Um, beneficial perspective of life and what, what you're capable of, and also network. Hey, come on! Like, uh, all right, if you if you living in a in a ghetto somewhere, first of mm-hmm. all, move move away from there. Okay, so we we said let's start with okay. So let's say you live in a um, 
kind of mediocre environment. Uh, let me let me tell you you know a quick story of mine. When I moved to London sure. 12 years ago, mm -hmm. I the first place I moved into was a, a fairly big house. There were 14 people living in there, and I was sharing mm -hmm. my little room with a then friend of mine, and the room had one had the room had one window that led into the only bathroom of the house. It's engineering marvel. I don't understand. Still, it was just mind-boggling to me. But you know, I never opened a freaking window for obvious reasons, right? And um, but the thing is, you know, as you can imagine, it was a very low living standards. But that's what I, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't have much money. That that's what I could afford at the time. But I could see, even though the people I lived with, many of them were, you know, great friends and very reliable people. But they just, you know, they had a very very regular jobs working somewhere houses and and i don't know mm -hmm. coffee shops Going and things like that rich. just as i did at the time yeah. exactly and you know what and it's it, it, the tricky part of that it makes you think that this is what it is this is normal right mm -hmm. and i had a sort of gut feeling that hold on you know life can be better because i could see people around me but even that house was in a very average area and mm -hmm. it it shapes your mindset that um you you start accepting. You kind of feel comfortable with that. Whereas if someone, let's, I was making rubbish money back then. If someone put me into a, um, you know, luxurious house with entrepreneurs and I would be living in an amazing area, I'll tell you something. I would feel so bad about. I would be embarrassed about the job I had working in okay. in the, you know catering, washing dishes, and all these things, and it would force me to do something about it. Like I would mm -hmm. start asking them questions. Hey, how, you know, how did you get here? How, how can I, how can I get a better job? What do I need to learn to to be able to, I don't know, work in banking or start a business? And so the environment would force me through making me uncomfortable um, to to become better. And so um, if you are in sort of a kind of average environment, as you said, it's within everyone's ability to like go and hang out in better places. You know, with better people. There's so many options. Are, where, where are you based? Where are you located? Um, I'm at the moment in Eindhoven. My company is in Hong Kong, and everywhere where the fun and the money is, I am moving to. That's how easy it is. Right, right, right. Okay, <laughs> cool. brilliant. And so, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, everyone can move. You don't have to move cities, or or, or you don't have to move mm -hmm. um, countries. But it's it's about you can move in different areas. You know, you can start living. It's a slightly better place with slightly better people, and little by little, you just you grow, and it may take months or years. But it's so worth it. And as you said, everyone can do it. Yeah, well, let's just take a small step that I always do. If I'm facing a challenge or I want to achieve something, just put down 21 ways to get there. Mm. And then just go like mad. Go. Keep going. Yeah. Put, put all 21 things. Do a little thing for all 21 every day. Just a tiny bit. Really cool. I like that. Seven days a week. Yep. Yeah. yeah that's what it takes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Side effect is that I'm the guy who stands up at six in the morning and I'm in bed, well, never before one o'clock at night. So, wow, <laughs> it has some side effects. Yeah, yeah, that's one of one of the steps in my methodology is yeah. work-life balance. So it's important to keep things and and you know in the right balance because it's easy. I, you sound like like me. I'm I'm very driven, very motivated, and I can work insane hours because I love what I do. I love working. Mm -hmm. But um, one thing is to, you know, I always say be on fire without burning out. Yeah, definitely. 
I mean, what I like most about it, and the things that I read about you, is that <laughs> I thought that I'm partly sighted, so, so I can read Braille. And just over a decade ago, I started my own company, and basically since then, I beat it, uh, the statistics. Didn't go bankrupt, went out of uh, government benefits, and never came back. <laughs> and mm. basically, it's just those things that you say, move like mad and keep going, keep pushing, that get you there, because... You can complain about, I mean, I could complain about the fact that I cannot read the newspaper due to my eyes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, okay. So, yesterday. Yeah. And you know what? Me neither. Yeah. This is one thing that I did. I just don't yeah. follow the news. Like, I don't, I don't read newspapers, mm -hmm. deaf, like newspapers, and I don't watch news. That's not because I'm not saying that um, uh, the, like, the information is. Well, I'd like to think that the information is at least somewhat accurate, but look, the, the, as, as um, journalists, as um, many of them want to um, put out there really as authentic, as accurate information as it is, sometimes it just, it, the, look, they want you to watch. That's the bottom line, yes. right? They want you to read the newspapers. Mm -hmm. And all the news are targeting this kind of our emotional response. So you always mm -hmm. read about, majority of news are these kind of, News that you go, oh, oh my god, you know. So it's mostly negative stuff, things that will trigger some mm -hmm. sort of fear in you, because that's what gets, that's what keeps us reading and watching, right? And I just think that as as accurate it may it may be, you know, I guess most of the time I'd like to believe, it's just not um, proportionate interpretation or. or um, information about what's going on out there in the world because they don't tell you about these amazing things that are happening people are doing amazing things around the world that you know there are so many good people doing doing you know so many good things but you rarely hear about it in the news because that's not something that would keep us hooked on watching right so uh, as yeah. i'm with you um, one thing i want to say i don't watch news i don't read newspapers so you're not missing out and the second thing I want to say, I, I really want to, uh, man, acknowledge you for for doing what you're doing, all this podcast and and um, the things that you've accomplished, having your own company. Because you know, if you if you're sort of visually impaired in some way, and I, and I know mm -hmm. details about it, it would be so easy for you to just say, you know what, fuck it. Um, you know, yeah. what can I do? I, I can't. It's, life is too difficult. I can't even see properly. Um, why would I try hard? Well, to give you an idea, when I went to school, I had always the Braille surf, so I went to blind school. And literally, we were taught, get on benefits, cheat the government, got the benefits, never get out. Mm -hmm. That's high school. Wow. Instead of, I would say that you need to teach kids, try, mm -hmm. dream big dreams and go for it. Uh, okay, I, I always say, when I'm not qualified to ride a bike, drive a car, fly an aircraft. If I want to meet you for 100 bucks, I'm in London in, in, in this evening. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't see the problem. Why should I fly the bloody airplane if there is someone for five euros flying it for me? Exactly. Literally. Exactly. It's, and, and I love that yeah. attitude, man. I just want to, again, acknowledge you for that and, and commend you Thank because you. It, it's, it's, it's impressive and it's, it's inspiring. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks. Not, not sure what to say. <laughs> you need to learn how to handle compliments, right? And I just, um, yes, it's, and, and it's, you know, look, the best thing you can say is thank you. And, and, and you, you totally deserve it. And I just want you to. I'm honored. Yeah. I'm honored. Just that. So you're living in London, which I must admit, 
I once considered, but I thought 500 bucks for a studio a week is too expensive in my opinion. Mm. Not helping me getting ahead. But <laughs> how do you survive financially in London? Because definitely it's an extremely expensive city. And what do you look at about the Brexit? Just wow! <laughs> All right. So um, I ask those questions. Yeah. No. <laughs> throw it at me. I'm I'm, I'm yeah. ready for anything. So uh, how do I how do I survive in London? And um, I mean, especially in the young times. I mean, now I'm pretty sure that you sell yourself for over 200 pounds an hour. So we can all do the math. That's how you could survive. But the young years when you were doing the catering and the dishwasher work, where your friends were at Starbucks uh, making coffee. Well, you know how I survived. I tell you what. This is why I yeah. lived in a people. Uh, sorry, in a people. I lived in a house yeah. with 14 yeah. people because I paid 200 pounds um, a month my rent, right? And now I'm paying. I'm paying more than mm. 10 times that. But back then, this is what what the best I could afford. And if I moved so many times in London and every time, you know, when I got some promotion or, or made some money on the site or, um, you know, started making a little bit more money, I moved to a slightly better place. Slightly, and I'm, mm-hmm. I moved maybe 10 times over the, the last 10 years. And it was always mm-hmm. slightly better, just crawling my way up. And this is the challenge of, of, you know, with people sometimes they want too much too quickly and they're just not ready for that. You know, everything takes time and, and life is long. And I always tell people, be patient. So how I survive, um, um, I, w- I must say I'm, I'm very good with money. I've, um, I was brought up in a, in a very, you know, a really, um, I'm, I'm grateful. My dad taught me very good lesson. So I'm not coming from a rich family and we sort of have, had financially ups and downs. And I would say middle to low middle class um, kind of family. Mm-hmm. And my, my parents always worked hard. And, and But I never got... I c- I never got just money handed to me, you know, go and buy yourself something. Yeah, if it was my birthday, my grandma gave me, I don't know, five pounds or something, or equivalent of that. Um, but mm-hmm. um, when I wanted to buy a bike or something, uh, fishing rods or whatever that might be, uh, I went to my dad and um, he always told me, listen, I'm not going to give you money, but I'll give you opportunity to make money. So I was helping around the house and my dad was um, – he had a little business. He was working at home, so I was I was helping him. I was cutting grass and working in the you know garage and all these things. So I always I learned that you need to earn money, right? And so I managed to I learned how to handle my money very well. So I've never really used a credit card, only if I wanted to build like a credit history or something. And um, so I I never blew more money than I was able to afford. And so mm-hmm. question over the years, I was just improving my living condition and, and as, as, as good as it could be. And I never stretched further than I was able to afford. So that's about the money. But with Brexit, hey, that's um, mm-hmm. I think this whole Brexit is such a mess. And it's just so oh, – look, I'm not I'm – not, um, economist i'm not a politician so there are a lot of intricacies that i just don't understand but i personally think it's it was a mistake they shouldn't have done that mm-hmm. um i believed all the very last moment that it wasn't going to happen that they're just not so um stupid but um hey it, it happens i've i'm pretty confident that i'm fine i've been here for for 13 years i've worked every single day i never took you know um the what's called unemployment allowance 
I've, I've, mm-hmm. I've paid my taxes. I'm like an ex- example citizen. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I should be fine. Plus, I have a my, my long term plan is to to move um, elsewhere anyway. So, I'm I'm not worried. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried about it. In the worst case, the practice is gonna help you to move your plan forward, basically. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. No, it's just I have. A, a, it, it wouldn't be the end of the world. Um, most of, like half of my clients. Um, uh, I come coaching via Skype or on the phone, and I want to go um, fully online in the future. So I don't really care where I'm going to be, and I know I'm, you know, I'm hardworking and committed. So I will make it wherever I go. Okay. Then one final last question: um, What do you want to say to the listeners? So what they need to do to accelerate and get above the average? Ooh. Okay. Okay. Let me let me just. <laughs> Uh, prepare myself for <laughs> for a, a, a rant, oh, well, okay. a rant maybe. Um, so <laughs> here is one thing: people mm-hmm. are looking way too deep into that. And um, I'm not only I'm, co- I'm I'm a life coach, I'm also a business coach, and I can see over and over again when people start a new business, they one thing is that they try to go fancy like they you know all these fan- fancy methods and how to make you know live a laptop lifestyle and all this stuff and business is and I would use it as an analogy to life it's very simple they're just simple core principles that you need to put in place before you go fancy and and um, look for all these additional extravagant features and so on so, in a, so what are they um so in other words um it's there's no magic bullet first of all you need to give up the idea that there is magic bullet um that mm-hmm. will sort your life out by this one seminar or that one book or whatever it might be so the the core principles i would say first of all you need to embrace the growth mindset um there's been enormous volume and amount of research done on that you know how how important it is if you're in a fixed mindset believing that things are the way they are it's impossible to change it and um then you're not going to get anywhere uh, right so growth mindset really believing that you can change and being excited about it and being excited about learning and, and becoming better um mm-hmm. another thing another principle is that you just need to accept that it will take a shitloads of hard work <laughs> yes. The, Get out at six. Yeah, that's, the, that's the reality. Look, when I started my business, um, I was 29. I, and this is one thing also I learned from my from my dad and from my parents, is that, like, just just do the work, just do the work. And when I started my business, I, I didn't with the idea of oh, I'm going to get rich quick or it's going to be amazing. I said I'm going to give it one year of my everything. And I will see where I get, and then I will evaluate whether it's something to pursue or not. And I started, started being, I was coaching for free for six months just to, for me, um, um, to, to know that people are getting the value out of that, like, and enough value to pay for my coaching was really, really important. So that's why I coach for free to just get better and learn how to do it and, and charge for a very small fee. And over the years, you know, I've been increasing my fee and so on. But the funny thing was that after one year, First of all, I wasn't making a ton of money. I was making barely any money. But I learned that I loved coaching. I just I loved helping people and personal development and being my own boss. 
developments. I still had my time job at the time. So I was coding mm-hmm. weekends and evenings. And it, for the first three, three and a half years, I, it was a seven days a week, um, 6 a.m. to midnight. And because I had a full-time job, and when I wasn't working, I was I was working on my business. I was learning how to coach. And again, I'm using my business just as an analogy to life. But if you want to get better, if you want to get great body, if you want to be amazing at you know talking to people or being amazing public speaker, it will take shitloads of work. But this is why most people are not because they just don't want to give it what it takes. So just don't. Don't look results and commit to it and put the hard work into it because it's so worth it. Life is long. I don't care where your listeners are in, in you know, current position, whether they are 15 or, or 35 or 55. Mm-hmm. Life is long. If you put a couple of years into something and really, you know, they, there's this 10,000 hours rule. Um, it doesn't have to be 10,000 hours. I don't have 10,000 hours, of course, but three and a half thousand hours, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm exceptional at what I'm doing because it's you learn so much. And if you put three and a half thousand hours into learning how to be a public speaker and, and speaking in front of people, you will be phenomenal public speaker, right? And so that's the second principle: just commit to the hard work that it requires because there is no way around it. And more importantly, this is this. Uh, there is this. Um, what do they call it? Um, imposter syndrome, right? Which means you feel like a like a fraud, right? You feel that uh, you, you you are pretending, and this what happens when people try to get there quickly and they haven't earned um, their position even psychologically. Because if you, for example, get um, uh, let me think about it. Let's say when people someone is overweight and it's really causing lots of insecurity and and. And you know, holding back, not going to go for a liposuction and surgeries, and get that all kind of cut out or cut off. And um, but psychologically, they they will feel that you know, fuck, I took a shortcut, and I haven't really earned this. And they will feel still insecure about their figure, even though they may look great now. Um, they will still feel like they they. It's not really them. They haven't really ended. Whereas when you work in, especially the longer, the better, you will be able to justify yourself. Like I'm here, I'm making a lot of money, or I look great, or I have, I'm helping people, or I got amazing business, and amazing because you put the hard work in, and it's just this this psychological part of of owning your place in life is so crucial, so important, because. Um, at the end of the day, our life happens in our own heads, right? The world that we're experiencing, it's sort of interpretation mm-hmm. in our own mind of what's out there. And if if that's not healthy, if your mindset is not healthy, then it will it will backfire. It will always work against you mm-hmm. in some way. Okay. So these there's so yep. many of these. These principles, I could talk for, for probably for hours, as you can tell. You know, I, I'm <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so passionate about what I'm doing. You know, there's just, I, I love teaching people how to be better because hey, that's my mission. Uh, my goal is I want to start or create this ripple effect of people who become so successful and fulfilled in life that it will inspire other people to do the same thing. Because as a coach, I can only help so many people. But I know that when we, when we see successful people around us, 
and we see that it's possible, it will it just encourages us and, and it helps us as well. So not only that I'm you know helping my clients to create these amazing lives and, and accomplishments, but I know that it's affecting the people around them. And um, so yeah, tell me if, if I answered it fully or if you would like me to. Well, just what I would like to know more is where can our listeners find more information about you? Because this is a great motivation to contact you and to book you, but where can they find you? So where they can find me, uh, I think the best yeah. place would be to just go to my website, which is www. Oh, let me see. I need to spell my... I will place a hyperlink to the show notes. So, sorry, what oh, was that? You, oh, I just said that I will place a link to the show notes pages. So. Oh, okay. So I don't need to spell it. So it's on my website. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot about me, a lot about what I do. I got a bunch of articles. Um, I also share my um, the progress of my goals every month. So there's like a monthly update where there's mm-hmm. you know a list of all my goals and, and how far I'm getting. And um, people love that. If apparently they find it inspiring, which I'm which I'm grateful for. Um, so that's one place, Facebook. Um, even though on Facebook mm-hmm. I'm pretty maxed out, I'm on nearly 5,000 friends already. Then, um, um, you know, Twitter, I'm not so much there, but LinkedIn is a great place as well. So um, they can find me there. Right. So, but, but website would be the best place to contact me. Okay, and you can find a link to your page and on hofprofit.com slash podcast. So there you can find it and... Simply click, go to the show note pages and click the link and contact them. So, with that, I would say a very big thanks for giving me the honor of being on the show. Listen, the, the pleasure is mine. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. It was a very good question that you asked me. Um, thanks. It, it, it got me talking. <laughs> <laughs> That's the goal. That's even, the goal. Keep even, talking. Yeah, even though I'm not the quiet type. And, um, yeah, really, really appreciate um, you having me here. I hope... Um, People will hopefully get inspired a little bit. It will give them some some uh, new ideas and a little bit more energy and encouragement to to um, work on themselves. And hey, again, I want to I want to uh, you know uh, just acknowledge you for for being being who you are and, and being so awesome despite um, you know having some some uh, vision um, impairment. And but you, you're kicking ass and and you you I would say are more inspiring more inspiring than I am. And no, it's, no, no. it's great. Well, just thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> and you're <laughs> a quick learner, very good. Yeah, pick it up. Better reading, greater listening, and quick in adopting things quickly. And then, if it's not working, stop doing it. <laughs> Absolutely, no. totally. Yeah. yeah. Hey, thanks. Um, I will. Re- oh, what a chat! What did you think about it? I look forward hearing back from you. It was such a great talk to have him. I was so honored to have Thomas on. Um, I want to know what you think about it. So you can send me a tweet. You can tweet me at Lodewijkhof. You can also leave a comment on SoundCloud. So with this, I would say share, like, or retweet. Let me know what you think about it, and please take a free subscription. So you never miss a moment like this because you will have quite some interesting moments on this field in the show and I will be extremely... It will be, I will consider it a pity if you are missing them. So please go to SoundCloud, uh, go to, um, check it out, follow me on Twitter, on the socials, you will get it there. And I look forward to talking to you and talk to you tomorrow. Cheers!